Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. But uh, if you'll just give us nugget number one, I want to try to lay a foundation for next Sunday. Nugget number one. If they would go ahead in the video department. Is it already up? It is. It's a little difficult for me to see it from these lights and all. But ready? Read. What does it, what did it cost to bring us Easter? Now Easter is a real sensitive celebration for me because growing up as a young boy in such poverty, I remember one year I decided to go live with my mother in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, with her, I experienced uh, what they call it, uh, welfare and government checks and, and uh, government cheese and government sugar and government butter. And it all equals constipation. <laughs> but you all know the story. I was raised by my father in, in stark poverty, but it was a different kind of poverty with my father. You know, being raised with no lights, no running water, not adequate clothing. But with my father, we owned the shack that we lived in. Are you, are you listening to me? But to go to the big city with my mother, she stayed in apartments. And... Uh, that was my first experience of roaches. And sometimes people are like roaches. You know, when you turn the light on or the word, they start running. But, <laughs> hallelujah, be nice. But uh, on this one particular Palm Sunday, uh, she scratch what little bit of money she could gather together and she was going to send at this time my baby sister who many of you met the retired police officer um, uh, she was going to send us to church because with my mother I didn't we didn't go to church but on East, this particular Easter Sunday she's going to send us to church now she's not going and her her uh, let me be respectful her husband who was you know you know I guess my stepfather but hallelujah But at any rate, she, she's sending us to church. And so she gathered what little money she had together and, you know, bought me a little shirt and uh, a sweater or whatever it was and some jeans. And uh, I was so excited because it was new. And I went to this rather respectable Baptist church. Won't name the name because it still exists. And uh, we are sent on Easter Sunday for Sunday school. And so we go to Sunday school and I'm sitting there. Then after Sunday school, the kids would gather together and go to the store, you know, before the regular service starts. And so after Sunday school, you know, I'm feeling real good, man. I'm cleaning, I'm, I'm sharper than attack, I thought. And then I get outside with the other kids and they got on iridescent suits. That's before some of you were born. But the kids had on iridescent suits. 
and I had on a winter-like shirt that was buttoned to the top and a sweater tucked in my pants with jeans, and they started making fun of me and clowning me in front of the store. So I didn't know how to speak in tongues then. So your pastor went to war. I started whipping behind. I started fighting. And then some old drunk standing outside, you know, told us to stop. But it put such a bitter taste in my mouth that I um, didn't go church on Easter Sunday for a long time because the presentation to me was like it was a style show. And that if your children or you showed up and you didn't measure up in terms of apparel, then, then the whole meaning of Easter was lost because of the fashion show. And so children like me got hurt from children that you have who think they're better than kids who were like me who didn't have anything. And so when they get in the hallway or in the parking lot, your children hurt kids who were like me. Because God has blessed you to dress your children up, to give them a good life, and to give them three meals a day, and to put nice clothes on them, and that's all wonderful. But if you don't go a step further and train them and teach them that the blessings come from God, then when they get out into the hallway, the parking lot, they hurt little children at church who was like me, your children. And so once I got into the word of God, I come to realize that a lot of things that we did on Palm Sunday and for Easter had nothing to do with the reason that the season even existed. And so today I want to take a few moments to talk about before Easter could happen. Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Nugget number two. Read that again. Jesus showed us that sacrificial service is the key to life, and most of you don't want to sacrifice anything. Most of us operate under the umbrella of convenience. But Jesus showed us that the beneficial service or the sacrificial service is the key to life. In other words, your life is not for you. Your life is for others. You see, every time I talk about where I came from, it is not to solicit um, any kind of pity from you. And, and I wouldn't trade my life's journey for nothing. 
Why? Because the things that God has done in my life before I ever got here is what's anchored me today after God has done all of this. Are you listening to me? It is what caused me to be appreciative today on what God has done. And I made a decision in my heart that no matter what God does, no matter how much he blesses me, I will never forget where he brought me from. And I would never be afraid to testify of his goodness. Nugget number three, please. Is it up there? Ready? Read. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Think about it for a moment. For you to get up out of the pew and to walk out of the door and know where you're going, it's going to cost you your life. To know that the road that you're on is a road of death. And yet, Jesus knew that if he took this road, it was going to lead to his death. But if he took another road, he wouldn't have to die. But at this fork of the road of his life, when he, he came to a place where he could turn right and die, or turn left and live. See, some of you don't realize he didn't have to do it. He had a choice just like you and I. He had a choice just like Adam and Eve in the garden. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself because if you live long enough, you're going to come to a place of a fork in the road. As a matter of fact, your life is full of forks in the road. Nugget number four, please. Ready? Read. In giving himself away, he brought us life. Oh, Jesus. So when the father looked at Jesus, his only begotten son. Clearly the father decided, I want more children. And the father who set this principle in motion, he knew that you couldn't get more children unless you planted a seed. And so the father planted Jesus so that he could reap you and I and your family, your sons and your daughters, your grandsons and your granddaughters. Nugget number five, and, and I'm finished. Nugget number five, ready, read. Ready, read. And this is contrary to the culture. I said, this is contrary to the culture. Ready? Read it again. 
in giving ourselves away for his sake, we find life. And it's only in that action that you find true peace and true joy and true contentment. When you give your life away for his sake, as a matter of fact, when you give your life away for his sake, you minimize the possibilities of becoming offended. Because when you're living for his sake, what you feel or think doesn't matter. Because when you're living for his sake, you know nothing, say nothing. Nothing is happening in your life that he had not already preordained. There's nothing that shows up in your life that can wipe you out. Why? Because God will not allow you to experience a test that he has not already put the wherewithal within you to pass the test. It can't happen unless you have on the inside what it takes to overcome. Oh, help us, Jesus. In giving our lives away for his sake, we find life. Perhaps the only chapter and verse we'll use today. Did I ask you to turn to Luke chapter 9? Did you find it yet? Let's look at verse number 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him. Because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. I'm trying to envision what was going on in his mind. I mean, why didn't he go to Denver or, or Kansas City? Don't he know that if he goes to Jerusalem, they're going to kill him? That he's going to die? That he's going to be scourged? That he's going to be crucified? That they're going to hang him on a tree? Doesn't he know this? But he's willing now to go to Jerusalem because he has already put the time in in prayer. You remember he told the disciples, he says, pray so that you don't enter into temptation. And so Jesus, when he knew that he had to pay the price for your sins and my sins, that he had to go to Jerusalem to die. 
but he went into the garden of Gethsemane. Why? Because his flesh didn't want to do it no more than your flesh want to do what's right. And the Bible says that he prayed and he prayed and he prayed sweats and drops of blood. It was excruciating. He knew vividly what all was going to happen to him. And he prayed. And then he asked the father, Father, is there any other way that Steve Howe call your name? Is there any other way that we can redeem them? Father, is there another way call your name that we can restore them back to their rightful place that they lost in the garden. And clearly in that, in that communion with the Father, Jesus came to the conclusion from the Father that there's no other way to restore them because the wages of sin is death. So somebody got to die. Jesus prays to the place where he gets to the fork in the road. When he gets in prayer, he's facing a fork in the road. He wants to go left because his flesh doesn't want to do what is required. But then he prays and he takes the right road, the fork in the road, that leads him to Jerusalem. And I say again today, our lives are full of forks in the road. When you decide to get married to somebody, that's a fork in the road. You have to decide to marry them or not to marry them. It's a fork in the road. You can't go both ways. It's one or the other. You face forks in the road when it comes to moving or staying where you are. You move or you stay where you are, a fork in the road. Are you listening to me? To have children or not to have children, it's a fork in the road. You have to make a decision. You can't have it both ways. Glory to God. To have a good marriage, you can't have it both ways. There's a fork in the road where you decide through death do us part, we're going to stay together or you're going to throw in the towel. A fork in the road. To take a job or not to take a job. It's a fork in the road. Are you listening to me? To go to college, what do you major in? Do you major in computer technology or do you major in biology? It's a fork in the road. You can't have both of them. A decision must be made. And for some who are listening to me today, you're at a fork in the road. You, yeah, you go to church, but you're at a fork in the road. You can quote a couple of scriptures, but you're at a fork in the road. Yeah, you say you love Jesus, but you're at a fork in the road as to whether you're going to receive him as Savior or reject him. If you're going to get on the road to serving with all your heart or stay on the carnal road of worldliness, but you're at a fork. 
and everyone under the sound of my voice here and around the world, when this service is over, you would have chosen one of these roads at the fork. Jesus Christ set his face to go to Jerusalem to the cross at Calvary. Then and only then do we enjoy what we call Easter. There would be no Easter if Jesus had not chosen at the fork of the road to go on to Jerusalem to pay the price for your sins and my sins. Are you with me today? Now let's look very carefully at verse number, this is it, verse number 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, what did they see? They saw that the Samaritans rejected him. They said, look at this, Lord, do you want us? Not Jesus. They, they said, Lord, do you want us? Do you want us to call fire down and burn them up like Elijah? Now, for the theological mind, this is a powerful statement, particularly coming from John. Because out of all of the disciples, John was known as the kind one, the, the gentle one, the, 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 the merciful one. You know, you know, Peter was known to you know, cut you up. But John was known as the gentle apostle, the kind apostle. And John is saying, Jesus, do you want us? Now, this is a powerful statement because they believe that they can call fire down without Jesus. They didn't say, Jesus, do you want you and I, all of us, to call fire down? They excused Jesus and said, do you want us as the disciples? But it also lets us know something about the disciples that they knew that being disciples of Jesus, that they had power. Touch three people and say, you got power. You got power. And notice in the text that Jesus did not rebuke them, that they did not have the power to call fire down. but he rebuked them over their attitude that you're saved and you don't care about anybody else getting saved. You're saved and you're not concerned about all the people you walk by every day and never tell them about Jesus. Don't you know people who are not saved and do you not care? Yeah. 
Don't you know that if your family do not give their lives, your friends, your neighbors do not give their lives to Jesus, that they're going to burn in an eternal hell? Don't you know that? Do you believe that? Are you calling fire down on your neighbors? While you're shouting on your way to heaven? How many of the people in your neighborhood are going to be consumed that you drive by or walk by every day? No, you don't say it verbally outside of your mouth, but your actions is just like the apostles. God, shall we call fire down? Not open a door where they might hear the good news of Jesus and repent. And as I've said, I call this a fork in the road. Today, as I close the service, close your eyes for just a moment. Ushers, keep your eyes open. But know I'm always watching. But as you are closing your eyes for a moment, I want to ask you just briefly to take a quick look back over your life. Can you see now that most of what you are is a result of the decisions that you made at the fork of the road of your lives? Look, look up here at me. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you wish that you could go back down that road, back to the fork, and instead of going right, go left, or instead of going left, The, 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 the sad news is you can't go back. But all of us today, including myself, all of us sitting here or standing here, we are the sum total of the decisions that we made at every fork of the road of our lives. When Dr. Leroy Thompson uh, from Darrell, Louisiana, called my wife and told her that he wanted her to come to Kansas City when Dad Hagen was holding a Holy Ghost meeting here. He said, I want you to come to Kansas City. I want you to meet a friend of mine, a pastor. Whether she knew it or not, that was a fork. And she was in her right to say, I'm not going to Kansas City. I don't have the money to go. And I don't care what pastor said. The Lord told him to ask me to come. The Lord didn't ask me. I mean, she could have taken all kind of attitudes at her fork in the road. She could have said, I'm too busy. I got papers to grade. She could have given all kind of excuses at her fork in the road to justify the decision or the turn that she decides to make. 
But she said, I will come at thy word to Kansas City. And because of that fork in the road as an educator, are you listening to me? Not having enough money, eating peanut butter and bread. Are you listening to me? Not having enough money to pay to cross the Sunshine Bridge. She came to a fork in the road. And she didn't know that that particular day she was going to get a call that was going to change the rest of her life at her fork in the road. Because she could have said, no, I don't know him, and he don't know me. Good God of mercy. You see, when you come to a fork in the road, you don't have to know everything. Oh, Jesus. You just need to know the right road to take. You don't know everything that's on that road, but you need to know that you're on the right road. So we come to fork in the roads when it comes to our careers. We come to forks in the road when it comes to our marriage. We come to forks in the road when we have to decide if we're going to relocate or stay where we are. Those are forks in the road, and all roads don't lead to where you want to go. Jesus. Holy Ghost says, say that again. All roads, I'm sorry, Oprah, but all roads don't lead to where you want to go. There's not a lot of roads to salvation. There's not a lot of roads to heaven. There's only one road. The Bible says nobody goes to the Father unless they go through Jesus. He's the only. Buddha's not the road. Are you listening? Muhammad's not the road. Jesus is the only road to eternal life. Come on, touch somebody and tell them it is important what road you're on. And some of you have been praying to God for some things to manifest in your life. And the only reason you don't have it today is because at the, at the fork in the road, you took the wrong turn. And what God has available for you is not on that road. Ooh, Jesus. When a pastor, I don't know if my wife ever told you about this, and probably she didn't because I don't like hearing it so much, but I'll say it as much as I can handle. Because when he called her, you know, it was another guy that was interested in her. Wrong road. <laughs> yeah, y'all didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, devil is a lie. And her pastor told her, say, I don't care who you dating. Her pastor told her, say, I don't care who he is. You need to come to Kansas City and meet my friend. Because the way you're living today, that road won't lead you there. 
Yeah, he might be cute and have a head full of hair, but I can buy a toupee. <laughs> if you can wear a wig, I can wear... <laughs> Let me quit. <laughs> and you ladies, you don't have nothing to say. If you can wear a wig, a brother can wear a toupee. So I'll, I'll bust out here one Sunday and got my stuff going on. Don't, don't act funny. Don't look silly. Amen. Just keep on looking at me like I look at you. I'm going to surprise y'all one of these Sundays. You... Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, let's get saved. And so I come to this, this place with heads bowed and eyes closed. And those who are watching all around the world, <clears throat> maybe you didn't know it today, but God sent me today as his messenger to let you know that you are at a fork in the road. And one road leads to heaven and the other road leads to hell. One road leads to the perfect will of God. The other road leads you away from God. One road leads you to blessings the other road leads you to struggle all your life. One road leads to prosperity and increase. One other road leads to lack and insufficiency. And you're at the crossroad. <clears throat> One road that you get on will lead you to the perfect man or woman for your life that God's ordained. The other road will lead you to Ishmael. Things can be somewhat okay, but you're out of the perfect will of God. You're at a crossroad. One road leads to fulfillment, and the other road leads to frustration. You're at a crossroad. And we don't have the ability in and of ourselves to choose the right road. That's why God puts gatekeepers in our lives people around us who have our best interest at heart because sometimes they can see things we can't see. That's why God blesses us with the Holy Spirit because through him we can know all things. We can know the right way to go. And let me help you, people of God, because sometimes when you're at a fork in the road, the right road looks wrong. And the wrong road, help me, looks right. So the only way to make the right choice is to hear from the Holy Spirit of God. God said he's your helper and he'll help you. Someone is watching this program today somewhere on the planet and you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you're a backslider.
And in this journey that we call life, you have come to a fork in the road. And today, it's going to have everlasting impact, the road you choose. Today, I offer you the road of Jesus. I offer you the road where you give your life to him, that you surrender to him, that you serve him with all your heart and see the rewards of a dedicated life to the master. Or you can get on the road and say, well, I'm not ready yet. I know I should give my life to Jesus, but I'm, I'm just not ready. You can choose that road. Or you can just choose a road where you say, I, I, I hear what the preacher's saying, but, but I'm going to do it what, whatever way I want to do it. You, and you can choose that road. But you know this, you're, you're at a fork in the road. And so I pray today that those who are under the sound of my voice who are at a crossroad, that you kind of been in, but you've been out. You kind of been a little hot, but you've been a little warm, a little cold. You kind of been doing your own thing and then get in trouble and then try to do the God thing. I'm asking you today at your fork in the road, that you would stop vacillating between the two and today make a choice to live for God. It may not be for everybody, but somebody in this room, somebody watching this broadcast, the spirit of the living God is dealing with you right now. And the spirit of the Lord is trying to nudge you, encourage you, inspire you, to make the right turn. And I'm not saying everything will be easy on the right road, but at least on the right road, you know God is with you. And that God is working, amen, on your behalf. And that God will see you through. God didn't say that there would not be storms in your life. He just simply said, I will be with you all the way over to the other side because you're on the right road. With heads bowed and eyes closed, certainly soul winners tapping into heaven. If you're here this morning and it's not well with your soul, you're here this morning and you haven't given your whole life and heart to Jesus. At this fork in the road, would you, would you make the right turn? Maybe your marriage has been challenged. And this morning, your marriage is at a fork in the road. And if we don't get this thing on the right road, it's just a matter of time. This thing is over. But before Satan have his way, won't somebody stand? Won't somebody stand? And say, Jesus, I want, I want, the, I want the right road. 
Somebody has to make a decision come Monday or Tuesday. And I mean, it's a major decision and you don't really know which way to turn. Oh God, would you speak to him? Would you speak to her? That they don't say yes when they should be saying no or they won't say no when they should be saying yes. They're at a fork in the road concerning their career, concerning their location. Help Jesus. Your word says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, that they would be saved. Is there somebody in this room that need a change for the better? Is there somebody in this room that want to give their lives to Jesus? Is there somebody in this room who have done and have gone down the wrong road long enough and now that you're at this fork in the road that you'll say, Jesus, I'll live, Jesus, I'll die, Jesus. I'll say, is there somebody? There's hands going up. And there's some coming to the well, Yeah, yeah, that's it. Come on, minister. Hallelujah. Yeah, just come. Yeah, yeah, just come. Boy, give it to him, Lord, today. Yeah, yeah. Just come to Jesus. Just, just. Is there somebody else that the Spirit of God? Yeah, man. There's somebody. Is there anybody else this morning? You've gone the wrong way. You didn't know you were at a fork in the road in your life and you made the wrong turn, but praise be to God, you're at another fork today. No, you can't go back, but you bumped into another fork in the road. And today you can make the right choice. You can turn the right direction. And God can fix in your life everything that's broken. And he can restore everything in your life that you lost from being on the wrong road. Jesus. Is there anybody else this morning? anybody else this morning yeah man can the church put their hand together and just thank God for those who are responding to God the Bible says that no man can come to him unless God first draw him yeah they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming some are coming for their marriage. Some is coming for their grandfathers. Some are coming for their grandmothers. Some are coming for their grandchildren. Some are coming for their marriage. Some are coming for themselves. But they're coming. All God needs is this for somebody to stand in the gap. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus those at this altar would you lift your hands to God God I give you praise right now because I know in my soul that there were folk that are still in the seats that you were dealing with and you were drawing them to this altar as a sign that they're leaving the conditions that they're in at this crossroad and the right turn is to come to the altar so I thank God for those who said yes. And I declare today, thank you, sir. I declare today that your life will never be the same because you cannot move toward God and God not move towards you. Would you lift your hands to the master?
Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say Jesus? For the rest of my life, I make a commitment. <laughs> I make a commitment to you like you made to me. To never leave me. To never leave me. To never leave me. To never forsake me. To always be with me. Even until the end. I covenant with you now. That I will never leave you. I will always praise you. Give you glory. Give you honor. And for the rest of my life, I lay it down as a living sacrifice. Holy, 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 holy and acceptable in your sight. Jesus, at my fork in the road, I choose your road for the rest of my life. I declare that Jesus Christ, he is my savior and he is my Lord. Please, look at me at this altar. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And you owe it to yourself and to God. I live the way I live coming from such poverty and rejection from my family and I don't want to die without ever seeing and experiencing what God could do through my life if I give him all of my life. I just want to see. I want to see what God can do through my life if I give him all of my life. I see with my eyes sometimes what the devil does with men and women slinging bricks in the streets. And how he blows them up financially and other things. I want to see what God would do with me. If I am as dedicated or more dedicated than a drug dealer selling dope. I want to see how God will put my life. Don't you want to see how God will put your life on display? 
Your family need to see somebody walking in the blessings of God. If they don't see it on your life, they won't know God is a good God. They have to see God's goodness on somebody. And I believe you're God's choice. That God is going to bless your life to such a degree that when those who know you see you will know that there has to be bomb in Gilead. That there has to be a kinsman's redeemer. That there has to be a good God somewhere and he's not just somewhere, he's in you. And he's blessing you so that you can be on display to the world. That you can serve God with all your heart and God will blow you up. And provoke your friends and family members to jealousy. To want to serve the God who has blessed your life. Abraham said, I'm not going to take your stuff because God has promised to make me rich. But when I get there, you won't get the credit for it. No man will be able to say that he made me rich. But God alone. And God declared that if you be willing and obedient, if you would be diligent, he said, you'll eat the good of the land. And I believe today, now that you've stood here, as a sign to heaven and yourself of rededication or first time commitment to God. I'm telling you, God will not allow you to come to him like this and not prove himself in your life. And you don't have any choice because you're not standing here trying God. Because if you're just trying God, you can walk away. But if you've given yourself totally and completely to God, you have no place else to go but to watch God work his miracle working power in and through your life. Are you listening to me? And everything that the enemy has stolen, God said it's going to be restored back to you in sevenfold. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.